0: Hello again, witches, seekers, and friends, and welcome to the Bat Feminist Witch Podcast, the show where we do a little ranting, raving, and wand waving. I'm your host, Paige, and together we're going to explore magic and spirituality, social justice, the psychic realm, and most importantly, the moon. Hey friends, and thank you so much for joining me today on this beautiful, though cloudy, very first day of October. That's right. It is officially the season of the witch. I'm so pumped. This year's Halloween season is especially special because the month of October is bookended by these two beautiful full moons. So tonight's full moon is the harvest moon in the sign of Aries. And then on Halloween night, October 31st, we have the supreme pleasure of a blue moon in the lovely sign of Taurus. So how how beautiful, how incredible is that? I'm so, so excited about it. Uh, Especially because for for months now, people have been joking about Halloween being cancelled because of the pandemic, right? But I'm here to tell you that so far, I have seen the exact opposite. So as I record this, it is still September, (laughs) and I have already seen more than a dozen houses decorated for Halloween here in my city. And probably another dozen out in the smaller towns throughout my county. So my sister and I took a really long drive around Essex County, where we live. Fun fact, this is also the name of the county in Massachusetts that Salem is in. (laughs) Um, But we, we went for a nice long drive. It was a beautiful day. We were, you know, hitting vegetable stands and things like that. And we saw tons of houses, not just with corn stalks and pumpkins, but also with ghosts and creepy clowns and floating witch hats and little black cats and mini graveyards just all over the place. And this is really neat because over the last, honestly, I'd say 10 years or so, I've noticed that the number of houses in every neighborhood that decorate for Halloween. It just, there's less and less every year. Even houses that hand out candy these days often have no decorations up. And this is of course, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> the kids getting the candy don't totally mind, I promise. Um, but that very creative and, and exciting energy of decorating for Halloween was so powerful when I was a kid. And lately I've been feeling that this was lacking. Uh maybe it's because this year we've had to sacrifice and miss out on on so much, you know, that people are putting in this effort. They're going for it. Or maybe it's because of, you know, these magical full moons. But either way, I have a distinct feeling that this Halloween will be even more meaningful than usual. Halloween is far from cancelled. And in fact, it is just beginning. This month, I'm putting out an episode of the show every single week. Focusing on different Halloween topics for real witches. So, today I'm so super excited to begin the month of October with an interview with Michael Herkus, author of The Glam Witch, all about his personal practice as a devotee of Lilith, and The Complete Book of Moon Spells, which came out the same day as my book, July 14th this year. Our books are fraternal twins, isn't that fun? <laughs> I recently reviewed The Complete Book of Moon Spells on my website and I gave it five crystal balls for its combination of you know, very serious and authentic moon magic, spells and rituals that are all very appropriate for modern witches, and a whole bunch of totally new ways of working with the moon. And it was all wrapped up in this very glamorous package, because that is that is what Michael's all about. That is his art, right? I absolutely devoured the book. I read it cover to cover in one day. And then I, you know, went back and actually paid attention and really soaked it in. And all the way through, I just kept thinking, oh, this is exactly, this is exactly the kind of book I've been looking for. As you'll hear Michael and I discuss in the interview, despite the moon being such a, you know, it's such a big deal. It's such a common symbol associated with witchcraft. The amount of books that you can find for modern practitioners just about moon magic is limited. (laughs) It's so limited. I learned this when I was looking for a moon book for a book club. I could only really find one that sounded legitimate. And when you get into the interview, you'll hear it's the exact same one that Michael talks about. Of course, I'm happy it's not just me that felt this way. So I'm very, very glad that he had the time to come on the show and to talk to me about the moon. And of course, Lilith, Glamour, and Halloween. He's just as excited about Halloween as I am. Very, very pumped. So today's uh, special interview with Michael Herkes is sponsored by the lovely witches at Green Moon Apothecary, a subscription box service for cannabis witches or witches who use cannabis for magic, self-care, wellness, or just fun. <laughs> uh, this is a company I work with a lot. I actually helped curate last year's Sowen box, and the actual the beautiful um, wooden box that came in that one is already out on my my ancestor altar that I'm starting to decorate for the season. And I work with them a lot because I I love how creative and unique the actual, you know, the makeup of the boxes is, what they put in there. And also because I know for a fact that this company is dedicated to working with local artists and businesses here in Canada that are, you know, run by women, uh, black, indigenous or other people of color and members of the queer community. They are a Canadian company, but they can ship to Canada and the U.S. Sorry for everyone else. We'll get there. Uh, And they don't sell any actual cannabis. So there's no CBD or THC in the boxes. It's just this really gorgeous, um, often handmade magical tools and cannabis accessories. So thank you so much to Green Moon Apothecary for sponsoring today's interview. And if you guys pay attention and you listen to the ad later in today's episode, you can get a coupon code for 10% off your first order. And you can find all of their contact info and their website in the description for this episode. So without further ado, I present Michael Herkus, the glam witch. Okay, cool. So I am so glad that you had the time to to come onto the show today. I'm really excited. Yes.
1: Me too. Um,
0: especially because we have like we have these two full moons in October. So I'm <laughs> I'm very excited to be able to talk about the moon in a month when yeah. we have two of them. Mm-hmm. I'm pumped so um so today we're going to talk a little bit about moon spells and also Lilith is that okay
1: yeah perfect
0: perfect cool so uh like I said thank you um the complete book of moon spells which came out July 14th which is super fun our books had the same birthday I love it happy birthday <laughs> happy birthday it's book. With... yeah it's, hey. just, it's so cute um I, I was so excited uh what is it that that drew you to write um, a book about the moon? You know, the moon is kind of, it's seen as this 101 topic for witches. But yeah. I found your book to be really great for, you know, witches of all different levels. So what, what led you to be writing a book about the moon for everybody, not just new witches?
1: Well, thank you. I, uh, you know, the moon has always been a really, really major um uh, aspect of my practice. Uh, Looking back at my childhood, I was so captivated by the moon and just have so many memories of watching it outside and just feeling so magical in its its luminescent rays. And of course, the moon was always in pretty much any depiction of witches that I was growing up with. And I was totally involved in in the glamorization of witches of the late 90s, early 2000s, (laughs) when I kind of first started all of this. So uh, it just, it seemed as though it was appropriate to to, to have that as, as a big part of my practice and to be honest you know f- when I first started out and uh, doing a lot more research and and things on modern witchcraft when I was a young preteen I loved the aspect of the moon I loved that there was a femininity towards it and that it, it honored the goddesses and and I was just always this fun femme little boy and uh it, I just I loved the moon and and the femininity of it and I think that, you know, even though the moon is very 101, there's not really many books out there on yes. it. Uh, there's and I kind of thought that was surprising too when I started to look into it and think, you know, what did, what do I want my next book to be? And originally it was gonna be a complete sequel to the glam witch and it was gonna be all Lithian based moon rituals. And then I was like, Oh, the glam witch was so It was deep. I mean, it was the documentation of my practice. It was really, really deep. And I wanted to do something that was a little bit more lighthearted and fun, kind of an ode to those little spell books that we grew up with. And uh, I wanted to attract a a bigger audience. I wanted my voice to reach different people. And I thought that by doing this moon spell book, it would. And I would um, get out there and the things that I have to say would get out there. And ultimately, my connection with Lilith would get out there to more people as well. So that's why I ended up doing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You just hit on so many points I wanted to ask you about. That's wonderful. (laughs) Uh, That's so fantastic. You're very prepared. I love what you said about loving the the femininity of the moon because I think your book is probably the only book on moon magic that I've read that is not written (laughs) by a woman. And that's really stood out to me right away. Like, but I didn't find, you know, I didn't find any of the femininity lacking from your book, which was great. But um, <laughs> You're not
1: going to find any lacking femininity with me <laughs> at I, all, ever.
0: Well, I was a little worried. I'm like, oh, no, is this going to be yeah. just like a boy taking over girl stuff? But it didn't feel like that at all. So that's but, really great. Perfect. Um, but how does, it, how does it feel to be like the only man writing a book about moon magic in our, our modern times?
1: Well, um, you know, actually I didn't think about it until you just brought it up right now. Oh, yay. Uh and it's kind of cool. You know, um, I again I've I've always felt very, very deeply connected to more feminine aspects rather than, than masculine ones. Again, that's one of the reasons why I just loved modern witchcraft, especially when I was first starting out and, and hearing about the goddess rather than the god or and even though there was that connection between both of them, yeah. I've really always been in a, a very monogamous relationship with Lilith <laughs> and working with the supreme feminine deity. And uh, I just think it's cool. I think we're finally in a, a uh, at least the the tipping point in society where people are just starting to kind of think that gender is a little bit more fluid and it's, it's not necessarily as black and white as we always thought it was. So I'm happy if I was able to help contribute to that a little bit by being a a born male who wrote a book on the moon and, and still was able to pump it full of life with femininity. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I was, I was, um, so excited to see you mention that uh, lunar deities are not always women, you know, The vast majority for sure. But there are tons of incredible, like historical and mythological sources of male lunar deities. Like I said, it was just very interesting to see, to see that actually come up. You're right. Mm -hmm. There are not a lot of books on moon magic, considering (laughs) how popular the moon is.
1: I know it's. You'll see. I mean, you find a lot of stuff about on astrology that talk about like the moon signs and and things like that. But there's there's not too many. I know. Even growing up, and I, I believe I put it in my book at the end. Um, is one of like the resources, um, for people to look at was Dorothy Morrison's Everyday Moon Magic. Like that has been my source for moon magic, ever since I got it back Forever. in like <laughs> 2003. That <laughs> came out, yeah. but that that's what we've had. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I remember um a year ago I was looking for a book on moon magic to for um a book club. And Dorothy Morrison's was the only one that I could find that that sounded yes. really legit for 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 modern witches. And yes. I have remained shocked about that ever since. Like
1: <laughs> it's such it's, an, yeah, it's like it, this doesn't make sense. This can't be true, but it is. <laughs>
0: but it is. I and that's what, and that's what you,
1: um, great to write it because you know what, we don't have it. We need it. Right. Especially now too. Everyone is so, um, just in love with the moon. I mean, we see so much about the moon now, just going online and there's articles about it on bustle and, and just everyone is so fascinated by it and doing moon meditations and things. I think it was a really appropriate time. So I'm yeah. happy to have had that opportunity.
0: Yeah. Mainstream media is really caught up with the moon love. I'm, uh, I'm digging it. I'm, I'm glad Me more, too. I'm glad more, especially like younger people. I'm so glad that there's going to be more moon loving, like weird kids out there that spend all their time looking up at the sky. I'm so into it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm so into that. Um, so, so let's, let's talk about uh, the book a little bit, the complete book of moon spells. Mm-hmm. I Well, I loved it. I gave it a really great review because not just because it's the only moon book, you know, that's new. Um, That was part of it, of course, but it was so different than even, you know, even on the blogs and stuff, the information you can find about the moon. Um, I love that you broke it down to all eight phases and managed Mm -hmm. to actually hold my attention through all eight phases. That always seemed Mm -hmm. so, so extra to me. So, (laughs) <laughs> it, it did. And now I'm like, oh, maybe I should rethink that. Um, what is it about like having these all eight phases that um, why would you include all eight rather than sticking with the, you know, the two to four that most people are used to looking at?
1: Well, I think that, you know, it was something that never really worked for me growing up and reading the little bits and pieces of moon magic that would be in other books and I just felt like there was always so much more emphasis to certain phases mm-hmm. uh, but yet at the same time you know we look at the moon it's it's really it's always it's always whole it's always doing its thing it just goes through this illusion of transformation and with witchcraft being a uh, transformative spiritual practice that honors and and represents that ebbing and flowing of time i i feel it's more appropriate to work with the moon on a continuous basis rather than just looking at it for like the focal points of like the you know the, the cross quarters if you will where you have the waning the waxing the full and the new and then some people that just only focus on the new or the full uh there, you I just think that if you are interested in being a celestial witch and you really want to work with the powers of the moon and astrology and those types of things, you're you're bound to get a better uh, grip on it if you're using the whole rather than pieces. Does that make sense?
0: It, okay. it actually really does. Because I, I found, you know, as I was reading it, I would pay attention to whatever the moon phase was at the time. Yeah. I noticed that I, I just... I was paying a lot more attention to different parts of the moon than I, than I ever had before. And it's just, it you hold that connection a little bit longer when you mm-hmm. see it in all the, all of its glory all throughout the month there. Yes. Uh, another thing I, I really liked about your book was the, the focus on abundance, but this was not just a book about money magic, which is what a lot of people think about abundance. Um, I know. It's, it's sad that that is like all that people can think of with abundance. Um, But what you have in this book is this kind of this overview of a very abundant way of, of living and practicing magic. Um, How is it that, that the moon can draw in just these various types of abundance to people's lives?
1: Well, uh, I think you kind of nailed it on the head Mm -hmm. when you said that, you know, when we think about abundance, we think money. But at the same time, abundance and abundance, I feel like has kind of become more and more of a pop culture word Mm -hmm. um, that's used a lot of times in social media and different things like that. And it doesn't necessarily just have to be money. It just means living a rich and full life. Uh, whether that's materialistically um, with luxury or through the love that you have and share and can give through your friendships and relationships that you're developing and things. And so uh, I thought that that was probably the best way to encompass it. But at the same time, all of the spells that I write, and I think hopefully the message that comes across in it is still very much about spell work and stuff for empowerment, to empower yourself, because that's always been... A major aspect of my practice, constantly focusing on on empowerment, uh, and and I think that when you do and you feel empowered and you're working this magic and you're 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 really feeling yourself, uh, you start to live abundantly. And uh, as the moon child that I am, it just felt right.
0: Uh, yeah, it was it was a very empowering book. It was it was equal parts fun and empowering, which is what I also found with the moon phases. So you have these full moons that are very fun and glittery and for celebration. Yes. Um, rather than, you know, casting your most powerful and intense spells at the moon. So is that how you tend to spend your full moons in this more celebratory, uh, way than in this big magic casting way?
1: Yes. Oh yes. Uh, my full moons have always been a really, uh, potent time to celebrate myself celebrate lilith work with my goddess start by having a very fabulous luxurious glamorous bath Mm. and then uh rituals of gratitude and celebration for whatever moon phase is going on and and sometimes of course there's spell work involved in it but i think that uh you know when when a lot of times people focus so heavily on the full moon it's so potent it's that huge like burst of energy and i feel like sometimes your spells don't need that big burst of energy right Sometimes it's better to do it when it's growing, right? Because you're wanting something to grow with you and and work with you with that. Uh, And so... Yeah, I, but the moon the moon, and all of its phases have always been very, very impactful in my spell work, and I definitely utilize all of the phases of the moon when it comes to uh, the workings that I do.
0: I, I think I'm going to now, too, because you reminded me how much I, I really do love those other parts of the I love the crescent moon, you know, on either side. I, I love yep. watching the moon change. Like I said, I I have for a long time thought, who needs all eight phases? But I, I really loved... I loved that that overarching journey of the moon, I guess.
1: And I like what you said, too. It was like you focused, you know, as you were reading it, you got to see more phases of the moon, and and I think that's really important too. You know, just being witches, you know, a lot of us living in the city world now, and and city environment, like I do here in Chicago, and you know, I live in this big urban jungle. So how do I how do I still practice with nature how do i work with nature and the moon is a part of it and observing it and paying attention to it and acknowledging it in all of its different phases is just a really great spiritual and magical connection i yeah. i don't know how to, to describe it but it just makes me feel alive when i go outside and i see the moon there's something in it there's, the little witch bug in me starts to twitch and i'm like ooh, magic <laughs> it's
0: that little <laughs> that little um like flash of lightning, and they're like, "Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> it's witch time, it's moon time." It's uh, witch time. <laughs> uh, that's something else that I noticed about um, both of your books is that, like me, you're another person who lives in the city and doesn't necessarily fit this um, very hippie esque country cottage witch vibe. Um, and it's there's nothing wrong with that stuff. No, I park. love that. I
1: wish I could, but i just yeah. it's. Not...
0: It's not me. It's not me. Do you know how many more bugs I'd have to live with out there? Like, I just, (laughs) I don't know that I could pull it off. I respect it, but it's not for me. Um, (laughs) And and what we have in both of these books is a lot more magic that I think is made for other people like that, that is um, made for people who maybe don't live as close to nature as some others. Has that been um, something that you've had to figure out throughout your practice is how to apply some of this more country witchcraft to your less than country life?
1: You know what? I would say in the very, very beginning when I first started out as this young little teen witch in the suburbs, yes, Mm -hmm. because I was so focused on it because everything you were reading in the books at that point was just, you have to do it this way. You have to do it this way. If you're not doing it this, then you're doing it wrong. And after a while, as I started to continuously develop my personal practice and started to make my own rules that worked right for me, I, yeah, I, I have, I've been able to kind of shift and and figure it out. I mean, I'm trying to think, you know, just being in a city environment is so different too. Like it's so full of, of just energy, right? Yeah. um, that to me is a, is another element that I work with here in the city. Um, and then, you know, how that energy works with, with just your inside building parts. Cause I always hate to when people are like, you have to see the moon in order to work with it. And, it's like, you don't, and we all don't have fabulous big backyards that we can go into. Like, I'm so depressed about, like, with COVID right now, Halloween, and that fabulous full moon, which I know we're going to talk all about, um, like, not being able to go to the beach and look at it, because there's quarantine, like, block-offs because yeah. of it. And plus, it's Halloween, so they're going to be like, no, we don't want people over here. Like, I, I'm sad about that, and I, I would love to say that, like, you know, every ritual I'm doing, I'm I'm bathing underneath the moonlight but it just isn't reality sometimes and just because you can't see it and you're not underneath it doesn't mean it's not there and i think when we start looking at kind of that that naturist aspect of it i mean nature is all around us it's the air that we breathe it's the sun from the molten core of our planet it's the water that we drink and the earth that we step upon so even though i am in the city i still am connected to all of the elements
0: yeah it's just a different um you just, it's just a different perspective. I think, like I, I feel the same way. The elements in nature is all around me, just not. It just doesn't look exactly the same as it does for some others.
1: No, not at all. <laughs>
0: um, so you mentioned our our moons in October, and I, I would love to talk about yes. our moons in October. So okay. when this comes out, it'll be October first when our, yes. f- we have a full moon in Aries. Aries,
1: yeah, and then.
0: Mm-hmm. On October 31st, on Halloween, we have a full moon in Taurus. Taurus. Taurus is such a beautiful, like, moon sign, too. So I love
1: that that up because that's another huge part of my moon practice and i do sprinkle it in the book as well is using the different astrological phases of the moon because every two to three days the moon goes into a different astrological phase so uh when you kind of pay attention to a little bit more and there's so many different websites on on the oracle of google uh (laughs) that can help kind of guide people to figuring out what astrological uh sign the moon is in uh you know they they carry their own type of energy now I am a, a Sun sign Aries. Mm. So you think I'd be very, very excited for this first Aries moon that we have. But what I've noticed through myself and through other practitioners is that whatever sign your sun sign is in, you usually feel really like lethargic and just want to rest when your moon is in that phase. It it's happens. like off. Op- <laughs> And I think that like when, at least for me, when cause I have a moon sign in Libra and when the moon is in Libra, I feel so much more like down and ready to work with the moon and energy and all of that. And so I think it's going to be interesting, at least for me and maybe for, for everybody, because we're we're going through that Mars retrograde right now, mm-hmm. but, you know, it just is a standstill at all powers of Mars. So mm-hmm. Aggression, assertion, sexuality, passion—all of that—it's just kind of like, nope, <laughs> we're not moving forward. And we have this Aries Moon, which is so great for ambition and goals and going after things. So, the way that I've kind of been looking at things is—is is in order to counteract the Aries, uh, I'm sorry, the Mars retrograde, is to work a lot of Venetian stuff, which you know, Taurus later in the month is ruled by Venus, so. Um, you know, I think that just this entire month, the entire month of October is a really, really wonderful time to do any kind of spell work or magic for self-care that is really about loving yourself, um, even to looking at like the times that we're living in and, and things that are coming up. I mean, I think this is time the time that we kind of rejuice ourselves so that we're ready and we can be useful to the world. Oh, right? I, I hope so. <laughs> I'm like I'm always telling people I'm like look at you yourself and your magic like you would a car if you're con- if you're on empty how are you going to help people how are you going to get from point A to point B so always take that time to rejuice uh, and rest and and then you can be of better service to people in whatever way that is
0: yeah I. I- totally agree i keep trying to you know i keep trying to be like no you have to be more productive now you know it's time to get moving again but when nothing else is really moving forward it's it's difficult so i think i think focusing on self-care and recharging and you know doing some of that stuff that maybe don't have time to do just for ourselves right Mm -hmm. now is kind of the best possible thing best possible way we can spend our witchy time yep (laughs) um I'm also a Libra moon, by the way. That's super fun. (laughs) (laughs) And I also love a Libra full moon. I find it very, like, I do the whole bath. Mm -hmm. it's actually mostly just a bath I'll stay in there for hours if I have to but I I do the
1: whole I I love bath spells because you get to be an ingredient in your cauldron of creation like they're just so fun I love them and they're they're sexy and they just feel good and I love every part of it right
0: and they're super creative because like no two baths are the same right you can add different oils and different herbs or spells or crystals or whatever it's super fun Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Agreed. 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 Agreed.
0: Um, yeah. And, super fun. Uh, now I wish I was taking a bath. Um, so that is that is our Aries full moon. What about our, our Taurus full moon near the end of the month? Like, how, oh. how, how should we most celebrate our incredibly cool Halloween? Well. Taurus moon during a year where we can't go anywhere
1: <laughs> I know well okay here's the deal so I would think, I've been thinking about it a lot because it just first and foremost how lucky are we to be witches alive having a full moon and Samhain Halloween all in one day like so it's amazing <laughs> I'm so excited. Just the fact that I'm alive through it is amazing. Yeah, like that, um,
0: this never happens. I'm so pumped. <laughs> I
1: know. And I, I, I meant to go online and Google and be like, when is the next time this is going to happen? Because it's not going to happen for a long time. I, I believe that. So uh, but so first and foremost, we have the, the the thinning of the veils, right? So we have that whole departed souls and, and spirits. And if you're really into just the the activities of Samhain, and, and I've not really kind of ever been that type of a witch, a, a spirit-y witch. <laughs> I'm more of a, a glamorous witch who, who loves the moon and the and the bath and all of that stuff. But Halloween itself is a very glamorous day because we're all dressing up. We're, you know, that's that idea is kind of a part of it. It's not only this day of the dead type of a festival, but it's also a day to dress up and become someone different, which is the... It's a part of glamour magic. I mean, t- to me, real glamour is not creating an illusion, like with an I, that is like com- something that's completely not there. It's more of creating an illusion with an A, where you're you're taking something that exists within you and you're presenting it in a way that is something different. Yeah. And so I thought this would be a really great year because, you know, anything glamorous is going to be ruled by Venus. And because the Taurus moon is ruled by Venus, mm-hmm. it's a perfect time to really just indulge in, in who you want to be or how you want the world to see you. So working any type of a glamour magic spell to, to be seen and to and to even just dress up and have a fabulous day at home and dance and, and be crazy and merry, you know, just whoop it up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, that's such a cool, that's such a cool idea is to, you know, work with your costume within just combine mm-hmm. your magic, your witchiness, with the, the Halloween costume mm-hmm. idea, and mm-hmm. Halloween in general. You're right; it's very glamorous. It's very much about aesthetic, along with yep. our 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 more spiritual, our deeper stuff. There's very much aesthetic and symbols and colors and images that mean things to us. Yes. Uh, that's so I'm so excited. about it. <laughs> I'm so excited to have also, a full moon on Halloween. <laughs> if
1: you're, if you're somebody that does really want to work with the spirits and an- honor your ancestors or something like that, throwing on maybe, I don't know, if you have like your grandmother's pearls or or – I, I don't know, if you have something of theirs and you dress up in honor of them, that's a really great way of just kind of fusing a little bit of the Holly, the the Halloween festivities with a little bit of glamour magic and also honoring the dead at the same time.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. What a great idea. Oh, dressing up as your ancestors or creating a look that... You know, that yes. shares kind of how you see them in their essence. What a great, what a great idea for any time, but especially a, a Venetian, like, full moon.
1: Full moon on Halloween. Halloween. Come on.
0: I'm so excited. Like, I keep thinking about it every day. The closer we get to October, I'm like, yes.
1: <laughs> it's so funny because people are like, well, what are you doing that day? Like, oh, should we hang out? I'm like, no, y'all. This is a major day. I'm alone all <laughs> night. I got stuff to do. I've this got is, stuff this to do. Dope.
0: Yeah, this is this is my witchy day, you guys. You guys can't call me on this day.
1: <laughs> no, I, I was just asked to be, you know, have this kind of like little book signing, tarot reading event, um, and I'm doing it another time during October. But they were like, "Can you do it on Halloween?" and I was like, "Absolutely not." <laughs> no, <laughs>
0: that's that's my day off. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <can't>. Darn it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh no, I have to take a day off. Uh, <laughs> how terrible. So not I am. Terrible. Thank you. I'm super excited. Now, you didn't get a chance in this book to talk a lot about blue moons, because I I mean the blue moon. It's not as rare as we think it it does come around every two years or so. Um, Yeah. Do you do anything special for the blue moons for the second moon in a month, however you
1: define your blue moon? Honestly, just kind of acknowledge it. I look at what sign it's in. I, 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 you know, mix magics according to that. And um, I mean, there are times where I do uh, you know, put a little bit more extra into like it being a wishful moon. Mm-hmm. Cause I always think the, the blue moons is a great time just to amplify your energy and your desire and get what it is that you want. So again, we have that kind of element here, you know, with this one that's coming up and with it being such a, a like amazing, witch day just in general, like, I feel like anyone that's doing any, like that's your day. You're just going to want to put all of your efforts into your magic and yeah. just really it there.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Like, if if anyone's got any sort of, like, big spell they want to do or if there's some sort of, like, magical transformation they're trying to do, that full moon at the end of October there is, like, such a perfect time.
1: It's just great. I mean, also just because, you know, I'm a big believer in, too, like, if we give something power, like, we give people we give things power based off of the way that we think about them. Right. Mm -hmm. So with everyone already thinking like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be like the most magical day ever. We're already using it up to be the most magical day ever. So let's get on board with that and all push our energy into it and hopefully come out feeling extra charged.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. If all of us think that the moon is going to be super magical, then it just, it absolutely will be. How could it not be?
1: Exactly.
0: Celebrate Samhain and the thinning of the veil with Green Moon Apothecary, a subscription box that offers tools for self-care, witchcraft, and wellness, all with a cannabis-infused twist. In modern-day witchcraft, more and more people are exploring how the cannabis plant can be incorporated into their spiritual practices. Each of Green Moon Apothecary's boxes includes specially curated items to assist with ritual and spell work, manifestation, and divination, all while celebrating the spirit of the cannabis plant and the wheel of the year. Indulge in enchantment by subscribing to a Green Moon box or explore their many magical witchy weed products at greenmoon.ca. Be sure to follow the Witches of Green Moon on Instagram at green.moon.apothecary for their latest news and witch tips. Fat Feminist Witch listeners can get 10% off their first order with the code FFW10. If you order the Samhain box by October 19th, you are guaranteed to get it by Halloween, so visit greenmoon.ca today. I love that. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about Lilith because your your first book, The Glam Witch, was, was all about your relationship and your, your practice with Lilith. Um, uh-huh. And one of the things that connects these two books is that you talk about Lilith as a moon goddess in Glam yeah. Witch. And this is maybe not a role that a lot of people associate with Lilith. Night, sure, but maybe not the moon. What What mm-hmm. is the connection between Lilith and and the moon?
1: Well, uh, there's a couple. Um, You know, I remember, too, even just growing up and researching and and trying to develop a relationship with her. You'd see her a lot as, like, the waiting moon goddess. You know, she was that that dark goddess energy of the moon. Uh, But then if I look through, like, historical relevances more and and even some pieces of the Kabbalah, which I'm not, not great at, so I can't talk super, super much on it. But there are references to Lilith being the moon um and then we also have references to and one of the reasons why i i go by the glam witch and i called it the glam witch was in Doreen valiente's book abc of witchcraft she references lilith as a moon goddess and that she is the dark glamour of the moon and i was like i loved that definition so much Um, Because she really, really is. And she's also connected to in astrology. We all have three Lilith points in our chart. And just think about that for a second, three, like all of these different astrological things. Lilith was named given three. And uh, so she's considered the dark moon and the black moon in astrology. And then she's also have she's got an asteroid, Uh, but she's she's heavily connected to to the moon cycles and moon phases, not necessarily in the same way that maybe like Selene or would be, but I think more in the way that like Hecate kind of is too, because Lilith Lilith is a goddess of transformation. She's connected to those darker aspects of things and shining through darkness. And uh, you know, I I kind of mentioned too, I think at, at one point in one of the books, you know, looking at the moon and. And you know, even if there's no moon in the sky yet, just trusting yourself through the darkness because the moon will reemerge and it'll help guide you through those difficult times. And uh, that's that's really how Lilith has been in my life too. So,
0: yeah, you can you can really tell that your your book about your practice with Lilith was um, much more personal than than moon spells. You know, which is a little bit more kind of overall. Um, how did your how did your relationship with Lilith begin? Like, did this really begin when you were a small child, when you were pretty young? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Looking back on it, I'm like, oh crap, she had, I came out of the womb and she stamped her stamp on me. (laughs) She's just been there the whole time. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Looking at literally everything that she's connected to, it's all, like, all of my favorite things have been associated with her. I mean, I grew up loving witches from the get-go. I, I loved the moon. I loved Barbies. And, and one of the really fascinating things that I just recently-ish learned about Lilith, it came I've I found out about it after i wrote the book and i was so sad because i was like this would have been a fun chapter was is that barbie our original barbie you know with that black and white swimsuit and everything was based off of a doll in germany that looked almost identical but she wasn't sold and marketed to kids she was marketed to men and she was in like sex shops and and smoke shops and things like that and and uh, she was named Belle Elite. Uh, or Lily, or some, something along those lines. But Lilith oh was basically kind of like this prototype to her. And uh, it's really cool looking at some of these old campy like cartoons, and it, it's just very Lilith, you know? So I love dolls. And also, if you look at Barbie's World, I mean, how Lilith is that? I mean, men are the accessory. <laughs> Come Absolutely.
0: On. Like, Absolutely. Character. Wow,
1: <laughs> that would have been a
0: great chapter because this is like blowing my mind right now. <laughs>
1: Barbie has had every job, and Lilith has worn every hat. Basically, as being called everything from demon to goddess to everything in between, right. and uh, you know, I, I also have always been a, a rare, rare one that is always associated like hot, hot, hot pink with Lilith, yeah, um, because it's so, it's, it's, it's dip. It's a really different than like that fluffy, like cotton candy pink. It's so hot different. It's like this feminine seduction, raw, and that's Barbie's color. Right. So I like Barbie. I think Barbie and Lilith are, I got I don't know. That could be a whole book in itself. That might be something I do later.
0: That's <laughs> like that's like the passion project for later on. I'd read a whole book yeah. about that. <laughs> I love I Barbie. Say- I'd read a whole book about that.
1: <laughs> oh. I know. Well, and then, so, so with Lilith, you know, I, I, the first time I ever, like, saw her, and was really, like, oh, my gosh, like, who is this? It was in a comic book of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and, you know, Lilith was there as the mother of all vampires, and being, you know, demonic and stuff, and, after I started to get books and my first book uh, w- that I really, really kind of dug deep into and Lilith was in it was Fiona Horns, a, a magical journey. And, you know, at, at that point, the Oracle of Google was not what it was today. There wasn't really good stuff on Lilith, especially for, you know, a, a 10, 11 year old to research. Right. And so, um, you know, I really kind of just kept pushing her away until and, and so I saw on, on Mad Mad House with that show that Fiona was on that she was also a, a devotee to her. And um, that was when I really suspended my own cynicism and was like, you know what? She's screaming at me. I open up a book. I'll see her name. I'll turn on television. There'll be a character named Lily or something. And, you know, I'm, I'm over here speed dating with all these other goddesses because i'm just like where is my goddess and i'm not finding a connection and here she is literally handing herself to me on a silver platter but one of the things that scared me was of course that negative talk about her but also the fact that there was nothing out there about yeah. her there was just a historical stuff and i it was like where are the invocations where are the the her sacred items and finally i i was i just listened to her you know, you you finally just start listening in meditations and seeing the symbolisms and looking back at the mythologies from around that time and putting the pieces of it together. And I mean, it's it's taken a good twenty years, but we're here and and now my practice is soaring.
0: <laughs> I was actually wondering if your your practice or your relationship with Lilith has changed or grown at all since you since you wrote the
1: book. Absolutely, and I think to. You know, just looking at some of life's challenges that get thrown in the way. I mean, the whole time I wrote the book and everything, I was in a long relationship, and that relationship ended through COVID. And um, what I'm what I'm learning more about Lilith right now is the vulnerability that she has. Like everyone's always wants to be like, Oh my gosh, she's a bad bitch. Like she's the bomb. Like, Oh, she just left Eden and she left all these things and she's wonderful. But you know what? Sometimes, yeah, people can be strong, but there's, that doesn't mean that they weren't sad in the process of it. Right. That doesn't mean that there was a price that, that came with it. I mean, any strong person who's endured a lot has had to go through the pits and Lilith has, and and I'm, I'm realizing more of the sadness that comes with her and the way that she channeled it and, and works with it and how I can now work with it, especially being in this time of isolation, which if we look at Lilith too, you know, when the going got rough, she hid, she ran into the wilderness, she took cover, she took yeah. refuge. And so being a goddess of isolation and independence, it's, um, she's challenging me a lot right now. But, but I love it. It's it's so cool just to see the evolution of how we've worked together.
0: That is cool. I, oh. I um, I definitely felt at the beginning of the the lockdown, the quarantine, the pandemic, that Lilith was like our the unofficial representative of, of yes, this time. I remember you said that,
1: and I was like yes, she. Okay
0: she was just she was everything and you're right all of the the solitude and you know she was she spent tons of time alone in between leaving that garden and becoming her own goddess of a kind you know she she yep. had adventures but i'm sure she wasn't happy and badass all the way through there is definitely that sure. that fear and That's that vulnerability that.
1: yep that comes with it. And yeah. it, you know, at the end of the day, it makes you stronger. If you allow it to consume you and you allow it to hurt you, that's, you know, that's where we don't want to go. But I think right. that's where, like, the work with Lilith is this kind of goddess of the shadow self, too, really comes into play because she'll guide you through those shadows and that, that darkness and that dark time. She'll test you a lot because she's definitely a dark goddess. I mean, she's going <laughs> to throw challenges that you left and right just for fun sometimes. But, you know, you you kind of got to go through it. You know,
0: do
1: that stuff. Yeah. I I read something yesterday. It was like some quote on, on Instagram. It was something along the lines of all of the challenges that you're experiencing right now is preparing you for what you want. So just enjoy the ride.
0: Yeah. That's so important. It's such a it's it's a hard lesson, I think, especially right now. It's hard to It's gonna be better one day. It's hard to remember that, but it's so true.
1: Yeah. And I think too another big thing, and I really tried to get it across in in the Glam Witch. I I have of course a chapter that I call Bionic Bitchcraft, and yeah. talking about hacking and the darker magics of Lilith, because that's just you know the what we always hear, what we always see. And when I really got down to it, because I've I've never, I mean I've I've definitely done a hex, I've definitely done some of that stuff. But when I was coming to write about it and how I was going to express, you know, how Lilith is connected to it, I really had to check myself and say, well, every time that she's been with an adversarial situation, she just leaves. Yeah. So it's kind of that magical fight or flight when you're reaching these challenging times or it does it make sense to fight or does it make sense to take shelter and protect yourself and move away from it? Right. It's kind of the same thing of like, you know, a hurricane is coming. Are you going to go stand out in the hurricane and try to fight it and challenge it? <laughs> You're <gonna take> shelter. <laughs> right. And, That's
0: such a good point.
1: <laughs> and that I look, I can't take credit for it. That was something I, that Fiona said at one point in one of her classes at Hexfest when she was talking about hurricane magic, but I was like, no, but that makes a lot of sense. It does. Why am I going to go fight the storm? Yeah. <laughs> Let me take shelter.
0: <laughs> right. That is not a fight that you can win at all. There's no winning. You just got to wait it out.
1: Yeah so um but yeah i i i love lilith i love the moon i love witchcraft i'm happy to be here
0: i do too i um i i loved <laughs> glam witch i i actually learned a lot about myself especially with that lilithian right. astrology like again oh. i could do way more lilithian astrology and just love every second
1: of it. <laughs> it's cool and i will say i mean because astrology can be so dense you know you can go really far down the rabbit hole with it but um you know, when I finally like learned, because I, I actually went to an astrologist to have my chart read and, and she was like, you know, well, what aspects do you want to learn about? I was like, I would really love it if you could just teach me about Lilith right now in this hour. <laughs> because I read some of these books and my, it just goes through my eyes and out my head. Mm-hmm. And well, When I finally actually learned it in a way that I could then speak it to other people, I was just like, oh, this is really fascinating. And this is really cool. And let me try to make it less intense for people so that they get it because it's important and it's, it's something really cool. And you learn a lot about yourself in the process. So
0: yeah, and thank you for that because it was really hard to find just a very clear layout of you know the three different points and what they mean and you know how to how to deal with all three points. It was so hard to find that information before.
1: Trust me, I had to find the sources for it.
0: <laughs> and you know what? That, I gotta say, uh, the Glam Witch is probably one of the best, like researched books I've read on which the research was like so good and you know you had your little footnotes and resources so I was able to find that stuff I was just so blown away with the level of research
1: we did and I was I I really liked how I put together my like resources section where it was done by chapter but in the back because sometimes it just is so hard looking at that whole thing and trying to guess where like the important parts are coming from and stuff so this way at least more of a guide and You know, all of that, my one chapter that was all about the historical side of Lilith, man, that was the hardest thing I've ever had to write in my life. My my editor was just kind of like, oh, my gosh, this book has so much personality. And then that is just dry toast. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to have to redo it. And we're going to have to have you cut some stuff out and i'm gonna need you to get really really drunk and record yourself talking about lilith and i did because it was hard i was like it, I, when i was doing the the historical stuff i mean the the old student in me came out doing a history paper right. it's like blah 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 <laughs> i had to put some fun into it and uh that was hard but i'm really happy that with the way that it came out and I wish that I could have put more in But at least I have, uh, you know, all of the resources that I've collected over the years are, are in my resources section. So if anyone's interested in learning more about Lilith's history, I have a whole little section that shows all the books that it came from.
0: Yeah, well, I, ho- I hope more people take advantage of the like again a very extensive resource section which i love that is that is for me um i hope more people take advantage of that i found the whole history chapter to be super interesting super mm-hmm. super interesting because you're right it was hard to find kind of a the whole story you got these really cool bits and pieces yeah. but the whole story was was lacking so
1: well everyone wants to jump right on that whole lilith is adam's first wife bandwagon and yeah, yeah. that's a a pivotal story, but that's literally halfway through her story. Right. That's the middle. <laughs> that's the middle, yeah.
0: Like there was there was a whole bunch of stuff before and after that. That was like your climax. You're missing the rest of the story if you only see that.
1: Exactly. So I'm happy with it.
0: I'm glad. Because it I loved both books. You you've done a, a really great job and I look forward to to seeing what books you write next. <laughs> I'm excited.
1: I, I, I'm writing one right now. I can't really say much about it, but, um, oh, it's been hard (laughs) writing a book during quarantine and uh, Mars retrograde and all of that. I've realized that the first two books I wrote predominantly at coffee shops and I can't go to those anymore. And so writing at home is a challenge. I've had this
0: like identical experience I was like oh cool I'll have all this quarantine time to get my next book finished and it's just (laughs) it's it's very very hard to write right now it's
1: exactly it's I
0: can't even explain why it just
1: is (laughs) I'm at the point where the the most productive thing I do is watch Netflix so my next book could be just you know one page long I watch Netflix for a year (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. i mean i've watched everything witchy that any of these services could provide Uh. me but that's pretty much it yeah
1: (laughs) yep Yep. Uh,
0: thank you so much to michael for joining us on the show today that was so fun such a fun interview i'm so excited about these these full moons i'm so excited about halloween so Tonight's full moon, as you heard him say, is in the sign of Aries. Aries is a, it's associated with Mars. It's a very action-oriented, fiery sign. But with all of the other stuff going on in the sky, you know, astrologically, and also in the world, the best way to spend this moon is taking care of yourself. Aries is a sign that's very associated with the self. Um, Aries put themselves first and they... You know, they do things that make them happy and they fight for themselves, you know. So this full moon is a really good time to spend some time with yourself and on yourself. So some of us might have been working really hard and it's time to give ourselves a break. Uh, Some of us might have had some hard breaks and, and need to distract ourselves, need to go on an adventure or do something kind of fun. And of course, a magical bath is always a very good idea for any full moon. No matter how you spend it, I hope all of you witches have a phenomenal full moon tonight. Now, as I said earlier, I am putting out an episode every week in October to celebrate Halloween. And next week's episode is going to be really fun. It's called Practical Pumpkin Spice Magic. <laughs> so I'm going to be talking about Pumpkins! I'm going to be talking about pumpkins, um, you know, their magical properties, how they became associated with Halloween, and how you can work with pumpkins and pumpkin spice in your own practice and in your spell work this year. I'm also going to talk about Practical Magic, the movie. I don't know how many of you remember, quite a while now, I talked about the craft here on the show. And I called, I think I called it this little segment called Silver Screen Spellcraft. And I I intended to come back and do it what I did was look at some of the the magic that was practiced in the movie and talk about how legitimate it was and you know maybe ways you could bring that magic into your own real life. So I'm going to be doing that with uh Fall Witchy Favorite Practical Magic. So next week is going to be a really great time to put on your cozy sweaters and slippers and an infinity scarf and grab a pumpkin spice latte and listen to me talk about this silly and wonderful witchy rom-com, as well as the very excellent, excellent books that birthed the characters and everything from this movie that we love. So I hope you guys will all join me for that and every other week this month for some witchy Halloween content here on the Fat Feminist Witch. If you want to learn more about me and about the show, you can do that at my website, thefatfeministwitch.com. You can also find me all across social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest by searching for Fat Feminist Witch. If you like the content here on the show, you might also like my books. I wrote two books this year. So I have Green Witchcraft, which came out in February and is all about creating a natural and magical relationship with the planet and the Grimoire Journal, which actually is a journal that you can fill in to help you write personalized spells and rituals, as well as sharing some of my own and personal family recipes. To get you started. So Green Witchcraft and the Grimmar Journal can be purchased anywhere you buy books online. And if you are a local witchy store who is selling the book and you want a shout out, please let me know. I would love to shout you out so that people can get it from a local retailer. Some ways that you can support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash the fat witch and join our private monthly membership group. You can make a small one-time donation by going to my website and clicking buy me a coffee or you can advertise here on the show by going to advertisecast.com slash thefatfeministwitch. A special thanks again to the sponsor for this special interview episode, Green Moon Apothecary. I really hope you guys will check out their subscription boxes that come out for all eight witches sabbats and feature items that you can use in both your magical and general wellness practices. So visit greenmoon.ca to find out more about the boxes, and of course you can find them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest, and I will be putting all of that information in the description for this episode. Have a wonderful full moon and a wonderful October. I will see you all here again next week on the Fat Feminist Twitch.